You're listening to Nourish, Nurture, Breathe, a podcast dedicated to women at all stages of our health and wellness journey. I'm Christy from Christy Lee Nutrition. And I'm Cammie from This Mum's Kitchen. And together, we're here to inspire you with the knowledge and confidence to love into your mind, body, spirit, and lifestyle. Now set aside some time for you and join us on this cup-filling journey. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes released every Wednesday. So let's dive in. Hi guys and welcome back to Nourish, Nurture, Breathe. This is episode six of our podcast with Cammie and Christy and it's on creating habits, our five-step holistic approach. Um, Habit forming is such a massive part of making positive choices and it's a huge area of how Christy and I both teach our clients to make happier, healthy um, changes into their lives. So we knew it was going to be a topic we'd get into nice and early in the mm-hmm. in the piece on our podcast journey. And we're just, um, yeah, really, really excited and pumped about sharing this one with you because it's something that a lot of us have challenges with. You know, a lot of us feel that we can't create habits or that we have no motivation or that we've tried and tried and, and, and failed. And um, this podcast is about showing you that you haven't failed, it's not on you, and that there's a methodology and a skill to creating habits and that habits are actually behaviours and that to input habits and to remove habits from our lives is actually about behavioural change. And that takes a lot of skill and a lot of practice um, and a bit of knowledge and that's what we're going to be sharing with you today, our five-step formula, which Christy and I have designed based on combining our two methods um, and just creating this really simple formula for making habits um, and choosing to remove them. We're super excited we about are. that. Yeah. So Cammy and I have come together on creating something quite unique that perhaps maybe none of you have heard of before. So stay tuned. Um, In this episode, we are covering firstly how to create, um, sorry, how emotions create habits. What is the science of habit forming? Um, How to look at the language that we use around habits and perhaps change that? Um, And how to hack your habits for the long term and why we should be using patience and kindness, kindness as the key. So stick around to the end because it's going to be awesome. So let's start, Cammie. Let's start with just explain, let's explain to everyone how do emotions create habits? Yeah, I think we think this is one of the key factors in understanding. And this um, isn't something that we've come up with. This is from an incredible man named BJ Foggs. He is a, a Stanford researcher in America with decades and decades of experience um, into behavioral change. And his teachings are around the fact that it's actually emotions which create habits. Um, And then the rest of habit forming, you know, everything else that we associate with habit forming leads on from this. So what does that mean? What does emotions create habits actually mean? And it's super simple when you unpick it. And it's just that we do things when they feel good. We Mm. want to do things when we feel good. And... So these programs that we've all tried or 
diets or even, you know, routines and programs given to us by well-intended professionals, um, a lot of the time they've been designed poorly because they set the bar too high. They expect our motivation just to remain high Mm. at all times. And we all know that that's just not the case. You know, we are human beings. We ebb and flow. Our lives change. Our circumstances change. The weather changes. Um, as women, we have our menstrual flow as well, which has a massive effect on you know everything in our lives. And so understanding that creating feelings of success and feelings of celebration around what we do, those factors in our minds that say, yeah, that feels good. I want to do it again. Mm. And that's the basis. Yeah. I feel that maybe a lot of people could resonate with um you know, losing weight for a wedding. So there's this huge amount of motivation. You've got a wedding coming up, you're feeling really pumped. And a lot of people do, they lose, you know, a lot of weight, five, 10, 15 kilos. And then they have the wedding. And then after that, the motivation's not there anymore. Yeah. Yeah, They've kind of lost that spark. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then throughout, you know, throughout that journey of losing weight for your wedding, you know, you've got that feeling of, I'm going to look super hot in my yeah. wedding dress. And maybe you're even going to your wedding dress fittings and they're taking in, mm. you know, a centimetre at a time. That feels bloody good. Mm. And so you're doing it. You're doing it because you want to feel good. But that's a really wonderful example, Christy, because that's actually one of the ways where I think that's when people can start to think, oh, I failed, you know, yeah. I, lost, I lost the 15 kilos, but I couldn't keep it off. Yep. And that's, and the, the, yeah. And then we just end up on that dieting merry-go-round where we lose the weight and then it all climbs back on and we feel really unhappy where we failed um, in, our, in our sort of health journey. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so that's why when we, when we look at habit forming and what Christy and I are going to be talking about today is we need to pull it back. We need to pull it back so that we can have that celebration. We can have that feeling of, yeah, about really little things. Mm. And that those little things, over time, they they build up. It's like building blocks. So when you think about health as an, as an accumulation over time, and this is one of those things Chris and I were having a conversation just before we pressed record and we said – you know, it's really not sexy to say, you know, <laughs> it's going to take years. It's going to take years, everybody. This isn't something that's going to happen overnight in a week or in 12 weeks. There's a lot of 12 week programs yeah. out there. And it's really unrealistic to say that this is going, you're going to achieve all your dreams or your health and happiness in just such a short amount of time. It's something that's going to be little baby steps that build and grow. And over years, you will, the, you, these will feel natural to you, these new habits. Yeah, that's right. And I think that actually when you flip it, like Christy and I both do, when you flip it and say, do you know what? I'm with myself for a lifetime. And I understand that during my lifetime, I'm going to change heaps and my circumstances are going to change. The people I've got around me are going to change. The way that I feel and and the energy I have and the motivations I have are going to change and be different. Once we just have that self-awareness and that self-understanding and that just totally factual belief that we are in this for a lifetime, then accumulating health and habits over time and understanding that some will drop off and come back in and morph and change just feels really natural. Mm -hmm. And then you're collecting over time you know in your toolkit in your accumulation of health 
little tiny habits that just feel great. And then that success breeds more success. And it has a knock-on effect. So you get that ripple, which is why... In my coaching practice, a lot of the time um, I'm aligned with a with a whole food supplement and a lot of the time we'll just start and all a client needs to do in the first month is take that supplement. So easy. Just so something easy. so small, so simple, but something that just gives you that self-belief that you can do something new. Yeah. 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 And that you are someone that does great things for mm. themselves. I can do something yeah. new. I can create a healthy habit. And it ooze confidence yeah. now from this small little thing you've done. Yeah, mm. yeah. And then, you know, it just starts that ripple effect. Mm. And one of one story I love to tell to sort of try and help explain how just having really little habits can really create incredible change is squats mm. while I clean my teeth. So squats while I clean my teeth have been has been a habit of mine for a long time. Because um, I got one of those electric toothbrushes that has a two-minute timer. Yep. And before I had kids or when I – I even think I was doing it when Matteo, my son, he's my eldest, when he was little. Um, and I would do a minimum of 60 squats during my two minutes of um, toothbrushing. And then – as life got busier and busier, I now have two kids. Um, one is six and one is three. So you can imagine how full on the morning is. Um, that just, that habit just fell to the wayside. Mm. And I just, I couldn't get the 60 squats in. And so that that feeling of success, it wasn't there anymore. I'd lost it. Yep. And so my, mat- my motivation waned because I didn't have the potential to feel successful. Mm. And so... It took me a while, you know, we're not perfect, but after a while I thought to myself, Cammy, just reformulate the success here. Yeah. How can you feel successful and still do this thing? Which, you know, I've seen the, the benefits, like, you know, nice bum, nice thighs. <laughs> and You've probably just set the bar too high. I really. had, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it was great for that time in my life, you know, when I didn't have other people asking me for things all the time, including when I'm cleaning my teeth. <laughs> but... So I just changed it. I, I moved the bar. And now, and for years, I've been doing a minimum of, well, I've been doing, I've had my bar set at two squats. Brilliant. Yep. Which on some days, really, it's all I can do. Yep. But then I feel like, yes, Cammy, you <laughs> did it. You know, and on the days when miraculously, no one is asking me for something when I'm cleaning my teeth and I'm not, you know, rushing to get my jeans on and brush my hair at the mm. same time. I will do more. And now you're in bonus mode. Yeah. Like you're like, wow, I didn't just do what I was hoping, my expectation of myself, which was only two squats. I'm now doing 10 or 15 or 20. And and you just feel even more excited by that. But it's a bonus. It's not necessary. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And then what's happening in the mind is I am someone who does what I say I'm going to do. I am someone who looks after myself. I am someone who puts myself first sometimes. I am someone who can do healthy habits. That's brilliant. So those like positive affirmations start coming through into your mind. Yeah. 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 And that's really how it starts, guys. So um, I love to also borrow from BJ Fogg's the analogy of thinking about habits as plants in a garden. So you're the gardener and it's about choosing the right seeds, about choosing the right plants to go in at the right times and to understand about seasonality and the changing of seasons and to think of habit forming as a skill 
So just like gardening, you know, maybe you go to the gardening centre the first time, you have no idea what seeds to pick when, what plants to put in the sunny bit and in the shady bit, Mm -hmm. how often to water them. You don't know. So a lot of the time it really helps to have someone teach you and that's where having a coach or a dietitian or another professional helping you can be a really great start because remember this is a skill and you want to make sure that the person who is coaching you understands that habit forming is a skill and they're not expecting the impossible of you because mm-hmm. that's what a lot of these programs are doing that are you know like Christy was saying the 12 day program or lose 5 kilos in one week or you might you might get the benefits that they say in those 12 weeks or in the, in in that week but are they sustainable are they sustainable i think that's the key difference isn't it we're we're not talking about just doing something in the short term we ultimately want to change something as long as we can we want to change it for 12 months 24 months we want to change we want to have this habit for as long as we can but as cammy said when our life changes that we have that kindness to ourselves that it's okay and we can just change where we set our bar yeah but we want to make this sustainable what's the point of starting if we know that after 12 weeks we're just going to go back to exactly where we started why would we bother yeah that's right and then if you think about it as a garden that's what we're doing right so we've got we've laid our seeds we've watered them you know that the seedlings are starting to throw to come through maybe the plants thriving and it's wonderful and you've and you've you know you've got your garden now we're in winter so you know we're, we're, we're seeding all of those winter seeds as spring and summer comes through they might well shift mm. you might find that you need to harvest your winter crop lay down some new spring ones, things will change, they'll they'll morph, maybe you need to move something into a different position. And guess what? Maybe some seed, it just never sprouted. Yep. And the thing is there, probably what happened was either it wasn't the right habit for you because you weren't motivated to do it. So it wasn't the right habit for you. There was something that needed tweaking there or maybe mm-hmm. you could just throw that habit out the window. Mm-hmm. You know, like I tried... Um, what's that you know bike the spinning oh like a stationary bike yeah yeah not for me (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna beat myself up about it It doesn't mean I can't create a new habit a healthy habit I just don't like spinning and that's okay but there's so many other types of you know physical activity that you could do so that particular one doesn't resonate with you perhaps I don't know is it the case you just don't like staring at the same wall for yes yeah (laughs) it's really hot room yeah just feeling and and also feeling like I'm not getting anywhere it doesn't mean you're you're not good at exercise it doesn't mean that you weren't motivated to become more physically active it just means that you didn't pick the right um I guess routine or the action or um yeah habit that was going to ever work for you yeah but you had to try it to know that you gave it a shot it didn't work try something new yeah that's right and also just have the acceptance that maybe at another stage in my life maybe I will like spinning maybe it will be the right thing for me um but it's just about having that and I hope guys that we're we're managing to get this message Um, clearly across is that it's just about having that kindness Mm. that self-awareness on yourself and on and on how you are not a static being you are not always going to feel the same be the same have the same motivation motivation comes in waves it does to all of us it doesn't matter how far along that health journey we are how many healthy habits we've accumulated motivation comes in waves and we like some stuff works 
Some stuff doesn't. And sometimes it works at some times and it doesn't at others. So just think about your habit forming as a, as that garden. Think about how you would naturally expect to accumulate your skills, to move things around, to have some things that work and some things that don't, to have a bit of a trial and error, error process. And, um, and just to give yourself that that acceptance and flexibility yeah. too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So our um yeah, so we're really excited to share this five step methodology with you. Um so it's based on what we both have been teaching. Um but we've chatting about it for this episode, we've um we came up with a new five step methodology which combines um my sort of focus on the motivation on on creating a cue so like in my squats you know like my cue was my teeth my teeth brushing and making it easy so again with the squats example you know I don't have to go anywhere I don't have to get dressed in any particular clothes doesn't cost me any money it's right there and all I have to do is literally bend my knees twice and I'm done (laughs) Uh, and then you know how that sort of celebration and success feeling around Mm. that and how important that is and combining that with um with Chrissy's methodology and it's funny because we were talking and we're using different words but we're actually talking about very much the same thing, but putting it together kind of, I feel like completes it. Yeah, me too. So when I was talking to Cammy, I talk a lot about cue, which is actually the same word as you use. So cue, so something that is cueing you to perform an action. Um, the next one is routine. So routine is like the action or the behavior that you're performing. And then there's reward. And so the reward is the reason you do it in the first place. It makes you feel good. So you can probably hear there's these similarities in what we're saying, but Cammy's got this kind of fun like motivation part, which I don't really, I guess, have included at the beginning of my um, little three-step process. Um, But our rewards, you know, you talk about celebration and celebration is a a type of reward or a feel-good component. Mm, So, And success for sure is a reward. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. So we've kind of put this together and we've created something where, so the five steps are um, we're going firstly with we need motivation. We then choose a cue to cue the um, the action. But this action needs to be easy, right, Cammie? Yeah. So we wanted to put ease as our third. It needs to feel easy. So that then falls into then the action that we're performing. And then that is followed by the reward or the celebration, the success, the really like, you know, just that feel good moment. Yeah. 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 And if you think about it, I mean, that's, it's so simple. It's, it is five words as opposed to three. We used to both do three. Mm. It's five, but actually the, the inclusion of each step just makes it so simple for you to be habit hacking at home. So it's, we'll just say them again. So you've got to feel motivated. You've got to have the motivation. And that generally comes, you know, when, when you just get that intuitive feeling of, mm. I need to X, you know, I need to eat more vegetables. I need to move more. I need to stop smoking, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. And, and you know that, you know, you need to do it. But then the difficult part is how. Mm. And that's when the other four steps come in. So you, you set up a cue. So that's like Chrissy said, when you're going to do it, you make it easy at first. 
you have your action, so you actually go ahead and do it. And then you reward, you feel that reward, that celebration, that success when you have. And we'll we'll write out these these five steps. Um, so you can go over to the show notes and, and find them written down for you there. Um, and it's and then once you start sort of habit hacking in that way, you've you see how it just becomes a natural process Mm. and I will just say quickly another thing about celebration because what can often happen because motivation comes in waves I'm sure everyone can resonate with this I know I definitely can when I'm feeling really motivated for example I use my squats again you know I've got my two squats I do them every day twice a day you know morning and evening when I'm cleaning my teeth sometimes not generally in the evening but sometimes in the morning you know, I it might be on the weekend when the kids are being occupied doing something else. We don't have that rush factor so much. I have the opportunity to go way further. And sometimes I'll go and I just keep going and mm. feel that motivation of, yes, you know, I've got this. I'm going to do it. And I do my squats and I've done like a hundred. And then I do, and I think, oh, I'm just going to do some push-ups. And I do some mm. push-ups and then I, yeah, I'm going to do plank and I go for it. And I just get it, you know, in heaps. And then sometimes it hurts. <laughs> You've gone way too far. Gone way too far. Gone way too far. <laughs> and that can start to creep into the pain. And that's not what we want. Yep. Because if we think that our grounding premise for forming habits is success and pleasure and reward, if we're feeling in pain, that's messing around with the roots mm. of our plants. That is not what we're after. And the way that we can flip that switch and move pain back into pleasure mm. is with real celebration. Yep. So you literally have to be really happy with yourself yeah. about what you've just done. You know, you think about, yeah, you know, it hurts, but wow, look at me. You know, I'm so strong. I'm someone who can do this. My arms, I can see, I can see I've just done, you know, 15 push-ups. <laughs> look at it. And I, and the good thing about an exercise example is because of course immediately after you have done, you know, yeah, a lot of strength training, boost, you can see it. Yeah. And you've got the adrenaline yeah. going through you. So all you have to do is ride that celebration wave. You don't want it to be a punishment, I think is what you're saying. Yeah. You don't want it to go so far that you're you're going so hard that you're almost punishing yourself for not having done this sooner or yeah. not having worked hard enough during the week. So you're trying to now make up for what you didn't during the week on the weekend or it's not about that punishment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I and learning to celebrate, learning how to celebrate yourself mm. as as little or as gigantic a winner is, is a massive part of the skill forming behind um, habit hacking and behavioral change for sure. Yeah, cool. So let's now dive a little bit more into a bit of the science of habits. I find this personally super duper interesting. So I, I hope some of the listeners might as well. And this is a, around kind of why we actually do why why do we have habits why why are we you know you might have heard the saying we're creatures of habit Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and there so in our brain we have this um I guess a good example let's use examples if you were to use a hundred percent of your brain power to do every task you do every day you'd be absolutely knackered by the end of it so an example is if you, when you first learnt to drive a car, 
it was an exhausting process. You were trying to figure out the clutch. You were figuring out where the brakes are. There's pedestrians on the road. Um, you've got a lot of stuff, so a lot of new things that you're mm. trying to achieve in one go. And you're knackered by the end of it. But now when you think about it, when you drive to work, most of the time we don't even really remember how we got there. Yeah. We don't think about all of those little components. We've actually now, it's moved very much into a more of a motor memory part yeah. of our brain. For sure, the mechanical part of driving. Yeah, you yeah. just kind of fall into the motions mm. of it. And so this is actually an adaptation that our brains have learned over time that we we don't want to waste our energy doing these simple tasks that we repeat every day. We want to actually be able to be more efficient with our energy and then be able to take on new things and learn new things. So there's a bit of a stat that on average about 45% of what we do every day is actually just a routine or a habit or mm. something that we re- do on repeat. Mm. And you might think about this like, you know, if if there were, say, three potential ways to get to work, why is it that you always just go the exact same way? Yeah. And why do you tend to park in the exact same park? And we do. We have these, like, little things that we do and it almost feels a little bit out of body to act differently. Mm. That's also mm. massively tied in with um, avoiding decision fatigue as well, yes, isn't it? And, yes, yes. And why habit-forming is so um, beneficial in that way because in, in sort of – diminishing decreasing the number of things we have to consciously decide yes in a day we we don't get to that level of decision fatigue which is you know something that we deal with so much in our everyday lives imagine if we had to use a, like all of our energy just to do small d- tasks that we do all the time yeah. by the end of the day you wouldn't have time to try something new or you know, yeah I don't know hang out with the kids or yeah, you're just exhausted by the end of it. It wouldn't make sense for mm. our brains to want to keep using energy like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's so I think I think about our brain. Our brain is full of nerves. It's full of what we call neural pathways. So um, when we are performing a behavior um, or I guess a habit, I should say, it tends to follow along um, a neural pathway that we've laid over time. So think about a neural pathway like a highway. And when you think about a highway, it's a very, very busy road. So it, we ne- if, if the road is very busy and lots of traffic needs to flow down it, that highway needs to have more lanes to yeah. be able to take that capacity of more cars. So the more we do something, the more we repeat something, um, that that neural pathway becomes thicker and stronger and that's essentially why we would perhaps repeat something quite often. Mm, mm. Um, and so what we want to do is that when we're building new habits, we're starting off with just a one-lane highway, something that's new to us, um, and we want to slowly over time start to add more lanes to that highway and, and thicken that neural pathway so that it becomes something that has a lot more traffic running down it. I yeah, hope that makes sense. <laughs> I explain it in a very similar way, which is um, like digging. In in Italy, we have a, a beach game called Biglie. Oh, yeah. And it's basically like marbles, large marbles, and you you dig out pathways for the marbles and of course the first time 
you're digging out that first pathway you know you've got to dig you've actually got to dig the pathway it's, it's something mechanical you have to do it you have to think about it and then once you're done you know the the bilia or the marble just goes down and it's a similar thing with habit forming is that the the more you do something the more you walk that same or you roll that same um marble down the pathway the easier it goes and then those pathways spread and the game continues yeah makes sense yeah yeah Yeah. that's cool that's really really cool and it's and that really speaks to the the idea of um both the highway and the you know the marbles (laughs) (laughs) um they that really speaks to this this premise um which is such an important thing to really really hold on to and accept which is that habit habit forming is a skill Mm. we learn Mm -hmm. We practice, we get better at it over time. And the more, you know, lanes on that highway, the more pathways in the game of, of, of marbles, the, the more we know how to do it. You yeah, know, it's the, familiar. Yeah, yep. yeah, we've dug those pathways before, or we've created those lanes, and, and we know how to do it, and the easier it becomes, and, and the thicker and, and more diverse and more complex those pathways and those laneways can be. Um, but, you know, the first ones that we're trying to form while we're learning, let's keep them yeah. simple. Yep, and I think um, th- think about your life and how many different things that you do on repeat and how weird it would be to do it different so I think I like the example of how we've got this ingrained um, motor memory habit that when we get in a car we put on our seatbelt mm. does anybody really remember putting on their seatbelt probably not but we get in the car we put on our seatbelt it's just automatic um, and so to get in a car and if I asked you now next time you get in the car don't put on your seatbelt yeah you're gonna feel, feel weird. weird you're gonna be so I'm, yeah just out of sorts you're sitting there going this is weird where's my seatbelt I'm so used to this like so in the beginning it is it's going to feel a bit weird yeah yeah but that's where over just choosing those little small achievable steps and building on those lanes um you're going to find that it's much more intuitive yeah, yeah yeah and then you know like with the the um analogy of the the beach marble game you know when you when you get it it feels great yeah winning winning feels great my marble went all the way to the end you know and um and it's it is that thing of of you know there might be a bit of elbow grease at the beginning like like christy was saying you know it might feel a bit weird or it might be a bit hard um but if you've got your motivation if you know your cue if you've made it easy Mm. then you can perform the action and feel bloody fantastic about it yes and that's the key so keep it simple and follow those five steps and really truly if that's the right habit for you because also knowing the types of habits to to choose and Mm -hmm. how and and you know how big or small to make them that's a skill too so give yourself the forgiveness to for trial and error and think about it as a skill so it's like learning a musical instrument you know if you walk into your first piano lesson you're not going to expect to walk out playing Beethoven you know <laughs> if you've just started laying in your garden you're not gonna yeah. you know walk out and have um King's Park you know wildflower exhibition at the end of half an hour session you know <laughs> it's gonna take time yeah I wonder if it's interesting I think a lot of people um, put pressure on themselves with health behaviors, particularly that they should be able to achieve these things overnight, mm. that I should be able to um, be fit or lose weight or whatever it might be in a matter of, say, 12 weeks. But when you put it in the context of learning an instrument, 
no one, I don't think anybody would stay, sit there and say, oh, yeah, in 12 weeks I should be, you know, an amazing pianist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's funny how we, we have these different perceptions around health behaviours mm. than we would with others. Yeah, mm. well, I think that, that that's where language really matters. Yeah. So that's where, you know, it really is about ha- having some conversations and, and doing some reading. And if you're working um, with a coach, you know, have those conversations where you do start to, to understand that habits, it's not just about willpower. It's not about just, you know, set this habit and do it. You know, it's not about just, oh, just break the habit, you know, lose the habit, kill the habit. No. In, and that is really misleading mm. and extremely, extremely hard. You know, there are some people, hats off to them, and, you know, we're all different, and that's what's wonderful about the world. There are some people that respond well to that sort of thing. So yeah. they respond well to the, you know, you've got your 12 weeks and you've got your goal tracker and I'm going to check in with you every day and you're going to tell me how you're going and you're going to put it on the leaderboard and you're going to post your photo and everyone's going to look at it. And, mm. you know, that does work for some and great. And if it's working for you, we're not telling you to change that. Mm-hmm. But if it's not working for you, then you are by no means alone. You are in the vast majority. And it's because habit setting and habit hacking is a skill. So we need to have the language around that to teach that. So when we're talking about habit setting or habit hacking, we're talking about practice. We're talking about learning. We're talking about accumulating skills Mm. and, and accumulating actions. We're talking about patience. We're talking about, you know, times that time that just sort of doesn't matter mm-hmm. you know there's going to be lots of habits that just come instantly you know one that I love to use is you know you go to the shops you buy uh, a top and it just makes you look fantastic mm. you feel totally beautiful in that top and up until you bought that top your everyday top was something completely else how long does it take you to switch that habit? <laughs> Overnight. <laughs> Overnight, done, right? And you're going to wear that top until your husband, or in my case, puts it in the wash and drinks it. So... <laughs> or puts it in with something red and just like, yeah. turns it pink. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm still a bit about my favourite dress. But anyway. Um, That's a story for another time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, seriously, you know, you think about that or you think about anything, anything where it gives you that instant feeling of success, you're going to do it immediately. And that sort of habit, it's still a habit still something you're doing really often and without thinking about it really you know that happens overnight whereas stuff that take that perhaps that gratification that success that needs more work there's your skill Mm. in feeling the success and feeling the celebration about something as little as doing two squats or adding an extra carrot to your plate or you know whatever whatever that might be so really, if, I feel like it sounds like it depends on how complex it, like the, the new habit that you're trying to implement. So buying a new top and wearing it is super easy. It doesn't really require a lot of effort and mm. it instantly makes you feel really good. But doing something more like eating five serves of vegetables a day is something that will take a lot longer to see a big result. So we need to create um, more success a lot sooner or create more celebration sooner with those little small wins to make it feel like something you want to keep doing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So 
obviously it also depends on where you're um, starting, where your starting point mm. is, right? So if someone's already eating four serves of fruit and veg a day, then to ask them to eat Have five isn't easy. such a big leap, yep. right? But if someone's, you know, or not really having much at all, we definitely wouldn't be beginning by saying, okay, so we're going to change up all of your meals mm. and you're going to now have two cups of vegetables with everything you eat. I mean, we, we also touched on that in our meal planning, mm. didn't we? Where yeah, I think that was episode... I think it was three. Three? Yeah, three. Um, When you, you know, the, the first way to start with a meal plan is by um swapping out and adding in mm. and that's because it's about habit change and we don't want it to feel like it's this massive mm. overhaul so what we'd be doing with something like that is saying okay so at the moment you're having you know cereal and milk for breakfast a sandwich for lunch maybe a piece of fruit or a cake or a slice um for snacks um you occasionally also have your you know fizzy drink with your lunch and you know your dinner is meat and two veg yep. And so we want to get more fruits and vegetables into your diet. We'd have a conversation, you know, what are your what do you like to eat mm. of those sorts of foods? Carrots and peas. Okay, great. So let's which meal would that work best with? Um, probably dinner. Yep. Okay. So how about three times a week you have all carrots or peas with your dinner? Yep. That's how it. easy is that? How easy yeah. is that? In comparison to trying to have some veggies in your breakfast and your lunch and your dinner and your snacks. Like it's just, if you're coming from zero to one serves of veggies a day, that's too big. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and what inevitably happens, I'm sure you found the same is you'll say that to a client and they'll go, what? Mm -hmm. I just have to eat all carrots or peas three times a week. It's like, yeah. So <laughs> like, no, no. Yes. Really? Yes. Well, you so, know. <laughs> sometimes I feel like I'm trying to convince people to do less. They come in thinking that, we're going to overhaul everything. And I think they're a little bit shocked when I'm saying, I just want you to do this, this many, you know, just twice or, you know, really something much smaller. And you know what actually I find is that a lot of people go away with that. Okay. I feel like I could do that. Not what I was expecting. And they often come back and they've gone and done more anyway. Exactly. And it's because the bar wasn't set too high that from their own motivation, they just went, you know what, I'm just going to do that maybe four or five times. I know the dietitian said only three, but I'm going to do more. Yeah. And they come back and they're really proud to say they did it more yeah. because it felt like a bonus. Yeah. And that's exactly <laughs> what we're talking about, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's that thing of let's have the celebration at something that's really mm. achievable. And then if, you know, that's what you achieve, fantastic. We are celebrating you anyway. And they come back so proud. Mm. Just having done that, but if they've done more, they've exceeded the bar. Yeah. And then we're really, you know, either way, either with what we've prescribed or with them going into bonus, they're succeeding. Yep, they way. feel great. And guess what? Now they're starting to think, I'm someone who can change my habits. Mm -hmm. I do exactly as my coach or my dietitian told me. Mm. I am killing this process <laughs> of doing this <laughs> habit change. What was I scared about? I can do this. And then they come back and they're like, what can we do now? Mm. You know, and then it's that, then you're also enabling them to be autonomous about their choices yeah. because all we've done is say, you know, do X twice a week. It's up to them to then say, okay, that's all I have to do. Mm. If I want to do more, I'm going to. But if I don't, I'm definitely not a failure. Yeah, that's what, that, that, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's the same with, um, with 
removing habits from your life. I think that's almost um, more of a more of a challenge for a lot of us. Mm. But the process is exactly the same. So first of all, we just got to really understand that it's not as simple as breaking a habit. Yeah, we're not just going to suddenly, you know, eat those four vegetarian meals every mm. single day or or cut out all those cans of coke in one yeah, go yeah 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 and um and we need to understand that it's it's about unraveling or untangling habits and that means that when I sort of explain this to clients I get my hands and I like intertwine all my fingers in a weird mismatched way and then have sort of something at the center and show them you know when you start with unraveling a habit when you want to remove something from your life that you do habitually you start with the easiest bit so if you're doing this listening at home obviously if you're driving you can't but if you're sitting down just um you know put your hands together in this really mismatched way and like wedge your fingers over each other and just see what you know how you could start to unravel that mess and figuratively speaking you would do the same with a Mm. habit We'd really just have to start removing one finger at a time, yeah. wouldn't you? You like you can't take them all out. They're kind of all tangled. But you pull, you kind of move one first, then the second one follows, and the third one follows, and then at the end of it, there you've got your fingers back in there. I don't know, <laughs> in normal order. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you can, you know, other ways of thinking about like the Christmas lights, mm. or you know, I, I don't know, a ball of string, or you Where know, you start. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You always just start at the easiest bit, don't you? you pick away at the easiest bit on the Christmas light then you give it a bit of a shake then you move on to the mm. next knot and with unraveling of habits that's the same thing and it and it really stems from this process of first of all accepting and understanding that this is a skill and so we're going to be patient and kind and just give ourselves the time we need to get good at this and then you know to follow those five steps so to have the motivation to have the cue yep. to make it easy to do the action and then to be sure to celebrate and feel great. So shall we give some examples of how this could work? Yeah, I think so. Um, A lot of people out there probably wondering, so how can I build a new healthy habit? And I'm going to use myself as an example here because I've told lots of clients this, that food is my my thing. I guess I find it easy, but exercise is not. Mm. I really find exercising consistently one of my biggest struggles And I think that I've been on and off this merry-go-round for probably 10 years or more, maybe even. Um, So what I will, what I use with myself and what I will teach other clients is that I will, so first you want to, you want to have the motivation, right? That's where we're starting. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, my motivation is that I know that when I do exercise or physical activity, I feel good. Like I sleep better. Mm. I have more energy. I just feel better about myself. I I can just feel like I fit my clothing that little bit nicer. But I think most importantly, I feel strong. Yeah. I think that um, we forget that it's not always about the look, but how you like feeling strong and Mm. feeling good and that energy. Um, So that's our motivation or my motivation. Then we need the cue. So I've got to either pick either a time, a place or something sensory that will cue me into remembering that I want to perform this action. Yeah. So I've chosen, so the, the, the most recent one that I've chosen is if I have my shoes nearby, so if I put on my runners, something really simple, 
um, that's going to cue me to want to do the exercise. Yeah. I'm already part way there. That was the hardest part, just getting the shoes on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, our next bit is that it needs to be easy. So I'm not about to now hit up the gym for an hour. I actually find that really just overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that's just too much, but I could probably commit to because my gym membership's about to come back now that we're coming out of coronavirus um, lockdown. So I could probably commit to about 20 minutes. Yeah. By the time I get down there, do 20 minutes. That's really simple. I feel for me personally, because I've done, I've done the gym many, many times, I could do 20 minutes. How many times a day, how many times a week are you going to do the 20 minutes? I'm only going to say, I'm just going to start off with just two. Fantastic. Because I've, in the past, I've started with four. Um, but that never works. I seem to always get to three and then I just feel like a failure every time. Like I, I didn't get to four, I got to three, but now if I set my bar at two, which I know that I have achieved before when I do hit three, I'm going to feel really good about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what comes next? Oh, so that was ease, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Action. You could even mix mm-hmm. that up a little bit and just have one time at the gym and another 10 20 minutes doing something else break it up yeah 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 yep absolutely I think that that's a really great idea so this is why we have Cami here give me ideas too. <laughs> <laughs> um so our next step after that is then the success ritual or the the celebration yeah so maybe I need to think about this like what what could I do Cami what should I do that would make me feel really celebratory yeah yeah but I think that is that's the skill forming here because you've you've done it you've done enough to make you feel successful (laughs) you've you've you're motivated you've chosen your cue you've made it easy because you've putting your shoes somewhere Mm. that's going to be easy and you've also said I'm actually I'm only gonna I only gonna go to the gym once so I only have to go somewhere once if I do another session even just a five ten minute session at home doing anything Mm. or going out walking with Jason or doing whatever Mm. that's your number two so that's easy and then you're going to perform the action and then you're just going to feel fantastic about the fact yeah you're doing it internally doesn't it yeah I think that um I'm also a bit of a a box ticker I think that I do like um writing out what I had need to do for the day and then and I get a lot of satisfaction out of like ticking on my list that I did something um, so I think that a little like feeling internally really good would be awesome. I might perhaps also do my, do a like write it in. That. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to tick the little box. <laughs> that would make me feel really good. And you know, what? I'm probably also going to tell my partner, Jason about it. I'm going to say, you know what, this was my goal this week. And I, and I got to this and sort of share that, um, excitement and celebration, have someone else kind of feedback to me yeah. that that was really cool. Yeah. yeah I love that. I love that. That's wonderful. Yeah, so untangling a habit, <clears throat> excuse me, works in exactly the same way. Um, but obviously it's a little, it can feel a little bit more challenging because you've already got a habit in place um, and you're trying to remove it. So we just use the same premises of motivation, cue, ease, action and celebration, but we just remove those things as opposed to adding them in. So Get your hands together again with your fingers all intertwined if you're if you're sitting at home and, and, and think about this in relation to a habit that you would like to remove from your life. And um, start off again with that 
acceptance and awareness that this is a skill it's going to take time and we're not just going to force our hands apart and make a massive explosion Mm -hmm. we're going to we're going to pick away at this over time and I'll use an example of smoking um I've worked with a with a number of of clients on on this and um and it you know it it works um so you've got your hands intertwined um that is you know all of the cues in your day for your cigarette smoking Mm. so the motivation that we're trying to remove there is obviously that desire to Mm. smoke and that they have the motivation on the flip side that they don't want to smoke anymore I mean you they have to have made that conscious decision. Mm-hmm. If you've made it for them as a coach, then you're not doing your job. Yeah. Or if their husband or wife or partner or friends or flatmates have said that they, they don't want them to smoke anymore, and but that's still not motivation enough for them to not want to smoke, then we're missing that number one. Yeah. So we need that motivation to be strong. We need, we need to feel a strong motivation that we don't want to smoke anymore or do whatever ritual you've you've been doing on a on a regular basis so that's the motivation I really don't want to smoke anymore so I've come to a health coach that's one of the things I'm talking about I want to stop smoking okay great so then we think about the cues throughout the day so that'd be you know questions around how many cigarettes are you smoking every day you know whatever that number is let's say 15 when are you having those cigarettes and so you work through the cues throughout Mm. the day a lot of people are cued by things like coffee, alcohol, friends. Exactly, yeah, yeah like social arrangements. Breaks, yeah. smoker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know about Oh, smoking. didn't you? <laughs> no, because, I, you know, I, no, I don't, I don't know that many people that smoke here. But, no, in, but, but it, in Italy, that was a big thing. We used to get really annoyed about it. The non- I was a smoker once, um, but I'm not anymore and haven't been for a long time. But I remember I used to feel a little bit bitter about the fact I'd lost mm. my cigarette breaks just because I didn't smoke anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we turned them into water breaks. Oh, good, yeah. Um, in, in the last office I A lot of in. trades um, or tradesmen, well, and women, um, will still call it smoco. Yeah. And it, it just means morning tea. Yeah, but it's, right. But this, this term of smoco is persistent because it's when people used to have their smoke break. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're looking at those cues and as Christy said they're often associated with parts of your day or other things that you enjoy doing um and they wouldn't be the first ones we'd pick away at what we'd pick away at are the ones without the cues or the ones with less strong of a cue or less enjoyable of a cue so we'd have a conversation around you know which of the cigarettes you most enjoy and that would for sure be you know likelihood the ones I have with my coffee or Mm. over wine with the girls or after dinner with my partner or you know those sorts of lines or when we're out dancing or whatever um and so we'd have a conversation around okay which cigarette could you lose and not really feel to be up about it yeah And, you know, as an example, it might be, oh, yeah, the one that I have when I'm waiting for the bus. Mm -hmm. Okay, so before the waiting for the bus, getting to the bus stop was your cue. So let's switch that cue and have it for something else. So now you're going to, you know, it can be anything. And don't think you have to be like really righteous about your choice. If if getting to the bus stop and getting out your mobile phone and scrolling through Instagram is going to help you not smoke that cigarette, then that's a total win. Exactly. Mm. Do it. Um, so we look at that and then that would be it. We just go for that one cigarette. So that was the cue, making it easy because we're not saying you're going to, you know, you're smoking 15 cigarettes and now I only want you to smoke one or none. 
um, we're saying we're just going to pick up one a day, mm-hmm. and then um, and then the reward and the success and the celebration is that when you have given up that one cigarette at the bus stop, you have met you have met the bar. You are there. You are celebrating. You are totally someone mm. who has done what they said they're going to do. You've got those mindsets of I am on the road to giving up smoking. I make the decisions. You know, this addiction isn't doesn't make the decisions for me. We really, really work on that mindset and progressively just let it happen. Let that ripple effect happen and work on, you know, the other fingers in, in your intertwangle of fingers that are easy to remove. And with a client of mine recently, um, we said, you know, what was the cigarette she most loved as we were sort of quite far down the track and that was the one after dinner with her partner she they'd go out on their balcony together they'd have they had this real ritual around cooking and eating they were real foodies they'd spend you know an hour cooking and then an hour over dinner and they really enjoyed it and then they'd walk out onto the balcony and have a cigarette together and we never said she had to lose that she never had to give that up that was never a a criteria but in time I think it took about Oh, it was about five months. Yep. In time, she did. just decided yeah. that she didn't want to do it she anymore. She didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. She felt so good. You know, she could feel the physical differences having given up the other 14 mm. cigarettes that she didn't want to do it anymore. And then the fact that she didn't want to do it anymore in time, mm. her partner also mm. decided that he wanted to give up smoking. I don't know if he did, but the last time we did a six-month program, the last time she came to a session, she said, you know, my partner has said that he's going to try and give up smoking too. Amazing. Which I thought was wonderful. That's yeah. wonderful. And you can you can be such a good influence on another person. Yeah. And that's I love that story. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then, of course, because she's got that mindset now that she can do this really difficult thing, you know, that she'd tried to do many times in the past. And, and, and it wasn't because of anything I was doing that was different. She just learnt a model for behaviour change. Mm. And also in accepting that it was going to take time and in accepting that there was going to be, you know, times when, when she'd come back and be like, oh, you know, I, I, had, I had a cigarette. And, and we could just say, that's all right. Did you did you have the one that we'd said we were going to cut out? No, so that's great. It's well a win. done. You did. A, you, you had a win. That's fantastic. <laughs> and because we were able to do that, and she was able to do that, her mindset was shifting from mm. I've tried to do something for so long and I just can't do it. I'm not capable. Her mindset had shifted into I do what I say I'm going to do. I can do this. I can hack my habits. And inadvertently we were slipping in other healthier and happier habits along the way. And she was just getting better and better at forming them and better and better at that skill and at that understanding and that learning. And that's really where the power is. It's that honing in on that skill, Mm. that practice, that learning, that then you can just pick up healthier, Mm. happier habits. And and the more you do it, the easier it is. It's a development of self-belief, isn't it, as well, and confidence along the way. I like that. And I think a lot of people will have heard that saying like it does it like it should take twenty one days to make a habit, right? I feel like we've heard that so we many have heard times. That so many times. <laughs> and I've heard the twenty one days, I've heard the sixty six days, and I just yeah, don't buy. I just any have to do it. this for this yeah. many days, and everything will come into place, yeah. and it'll be easy. But 
you might be really interested to know that that actually came from a very, very old study that was done in the 1960s by a group of plastic surgeons who were doing amputations. And if anyone's ever heard of the phantom limb before, yeah, that's the sensation where you've had your arm or your foot or something's been removed for a medical reason, and then you have this weird sensation that your your limb is still there. It's like this weird phantom limb. So they found that it took 21 days for the sensation of a phantom limb to go, that this person wouldn't think yeah. that their limb was there anymore. And that's it. That was it. That was- and how did that ever get associated <laughs> habit forming? It's so interesting, isn't it? Because really it just makes so much sense when you think about it that of course it's about feelings of success yeah. and, and, and practice. And yep. of course it makes total sense. I love that myth. That's <laughs> brilliant. I love that you went and searched out that I study. did, I did. I was like, where did this come from? So next time someone says that, you know, give them that little myth-busting um, eye-opener that it actually comes from something that's very outdated and it's much more about those five principles that Cammie and I have been talking about today. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So let's wrap it up then. Yeah. So we've talked about how emotions create habits. We've talked about those five principles, which are motivation, cue, ease, action, and success or celebration, reward. We've talked about the science of habits forming and how to use that model and why that model works in terms of how our brain works and that really natural autonomic mechanism of of us trying not to think about everything we're doing all the time and trying to automate as much as we can so that, you know, our brains don't have to go into overload. Um, I look into the language around habits as well and obviously, of course, how to practically put those five steps in place to hack your habits for the long term and why patience and kindness are just so important. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week for our episode number seven. Thank you so much for listening. We're so grateful for the time you spent with us and can't wait to do it again. If you'd like to get in touch, please reach out to us via the Nourish, Nurture, Breathe Facebook or Instagram pages. And check out nourishnurturebreathe.com for our show notes. And lastly, a little request from us. If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your streaming platform of choice. It'll help so many others find our podcast. Thank you. And until next time, remember to nourish, nurture and breathe every day.